This is Chris Payne from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? <laughs> you have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish! What? He ate 54 wieners. But listen, Laverne, it's shake face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> You could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grills. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole the movie. <laughs> wow, yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top men. That's right, top men have made it possible for the second hour. You know what you love it. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. Reichland's rules. Live by them. In more than just your cooking environment. <laughs> boy, what? Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubes. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it succulent. That's going to be my newest t-shirt and logo. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it succulent. All right. See if this damn Skype works. Pain in the ass tonight. Thanks, everybody, for sticking around for the second hour. Huge audience still, like the second biggest audience, I think, in the history of the show. So uh, thank you very much for everybody tuning in, whether you're uh, doing Ustream and taking part in the live chat, kind of acting or reacting back and forth to other listeners. Or if you're just listening on the radio, Shy, I'd always happy to have you aboard. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com is the way to get in touch with the show. And uh, now we'll go ahead and race over to the phone and pick up the pitmaster of Iowa's own Smokey D's, Darren Worth, joining us back here on the show. What's up, clone? Oh, you know, just got home from the restaurant. <laughs> Big day? Big day at the restaurant. Always a big day. Always a big day at the restaurant. Uh, Darren Worth, pitmaster of Iowa Smokey D's, joining us here on the show. Uh, Darren, we look back over this past weekend, and you take part in the inaugural Sam's Club Series event. But obviously, a number of these going to be taking, uh, taking, jumping off here over the last uh, or the next couple months, culminating into this huge event. Uh, there's like five hundred billion dollars worth of payout dollars. Sam's really jumped on board the competition scene. So. Uh, you were down, was it Gilbert, Arizona, I believe? Uh, really nowhere near you. So was this one of those Darren Worth jump in a plane and rock star in and win the whole thing and leave in the cover of darkness, or how did it go down? Oh, yeah. No, that's that's, exa- that's exactly <laughs> what it was. We uh, hopped on a plane. This time, we really didn't have to borrow cookers. We actually had a roadie that uh, took wow. a trailer of his out that we were able to cook on. Who Who, uh, who gets credit for the cookers this time? Um, the infamous Jumpin' Jim. Wow, Jumpin' Jim. All right, so, I mean, we can start with how the contest went, but I'm I'm not as interested as I am with the fact that 
you really fly into a lot of places. You're not really using your own cookers like a lot of other people that are really hitting the roads, putting miles on their trucks and pulling cookers behind them in some form or fashion. Is it really just a testament to you being able to cook a quality and consistent product? Does it take you time to learn how to cook on a bunch of different cookers? Are you practicing all the time on different cookers? Where does the consistency come from when when you know you're not going to be using the same pit weekend in and weekend out? Um, I'm not sure that I'm, I'm not practicing at all. I practice a contest, <laughs> but, um, you know, it really, to me, doesn't matter what the cooker is, you know, it's just a matter of being able to maintain the consistent temperature and then doing what you need to do. What kind of a cooker did you cook on this weekend, for instance? Well, it was actually an, uh, it was a knockoff. It was a homemade cooker that was, a uh, it, it was similar to an old hickory, uh, fixed shelf unit. Um, Jim actually had it built, custom built. Um, you know, so it had an offset firebox. Uh, looked more of it like a commercial pit. Um, offset, we burned charcoal in the charcoal basket with some wood, and then it was a fixed shelf unit. It had lots of space on it. It worked out great. Darren Worth joining us here on the show. What's the weirdest cooker or the oddest cooker that you've had to rock star in on and do it? Um, actually, when we went down to Fort Lauderdale, Florida, a couple years ago. Um, Craig from Firehouse Barbecue, I asked him if he could set me up with some cookers, and he set me up with a WSM and then a cheap little, I think it was a char grill chicken cooker um, <laughs> that was, you know, he had bought at Menards, the one that actually had the, or Home Depot, the one that had the uh, roll-up shelves on both sides so they could go up and down with the fire. Wow. Um, that was that was probably the weirdest one. We we cooked chicken on that that day. First time I had ever cooked on it, and we ended up actually winning chicken that day. So he wouldn't give me the cooker. He took it home. But. Hmm, nice guy. Never mind. Uh, so we go to Gilbert and take part in this Sam's Club Series event. You know, as a whole, before we get into the event itself, I mean, you excited to see Sam's Club step up in in this kind of a way in regards to competition barbecue. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and like everybody says, and like Ray was talking about her on the earlier segment, you know, it's it's total about more exposure and coming on. And, I mean, Sam's Club, it, it was right for them to step up. I mean, think of all the thousands and tens and thousands, a hundred thousands of dollars that get spent at Sam's Club every week uh, by cookers. You know, I mean, we bought a lot of our competition meats at Sam's Club. We bought a lot of our, you know, foil pans and foil and all that stuff has really come from Sam's Club. So it's nice to kind of see them give back and and try and create a, a, a real national championship. How did the event go for you last week? Anything out of the ordinary that you had to contend with, or is it just kind of uh, same thing, just different city? Oh, you know, different city, except for, you know, we fly down. The whole reason we planned was, well, we'll play, and it's April in Iowa. It's going to be crappy. We'll <laughs> we'll go down to uh, Arizona to some nice weather. Really, did we find out that it was 20 degrees colder in Arizona on the day of the contest? Um we were pretty much in in 45 degrees in rain uh, with wind, so there was there was some adversity down there. It wasn't a a real pleasant um, atmosphere as far as the weather, um, but everything else you're in, out in the Sam's Club parking lot. I mean, everything it was it was very well run. It was very well organized. There was a lot of thought put into it. Um, Troy Black and and Kevin or. Uh, from MMA, they did a really nice job of coordinating, and also we had Mike Lake out there as kind of the event director, so we knew everything was going to go smooth. Uh, nothing out of the ordinary that you had to contend with, uh, other than the fact that it was just kind of crappy weather, uh, nobody uh, trying to 
put your fire out in the middle of the night or steal briskets or anything like that? Eh, no, 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 nothing, uh, nothing that we heard of. A few flying easy ups from time to time, but the good thing about being in a Sam's Club is, you know, you can just walk inside and buy another one. Now, yeah, absolutely, it couldn't be a better place to have that happen. So when you're when you're flying in and you set up the game plan, do you think are you going in? I mean, when you're going into any competition because you're having to put up airfare and you know buy meat wherever you're going to be at, you, you probably have some some different kind of travel expenses than most of the other teams have because of how you compete a lot of the time. Uh, but are you going into every event planning on winning? Is that your mentality, or do you go in hoping to perform well? And if you happen to win, it's just kind of cream on the coffee. Yeah, it's kind of cream on the coffee. I, I really don't pay too much exp- pay much attention to expenses. You know, if you talk to me anywhere along the road, I'm totally about trophies. I really wasn't so excited about the Sam's Club until I walked up on Saturday morning and seen the big, huge bowling trophies. <laughs> That's what gets me excited about competition barbecue. You talk to my wife, she's all about the money. She's counting the expenses and saving the receipts and all that sort of thing. Um, but for me, it's really all about the trophies. That's what gets me excited. If you win trophies, the money will come. So six foot trophy is uh, better than six seven thousand dollar check. Every single day. <laughs> We're talking with Darren Worth from Iowa Smoky D's, and of course, you uh, can go ahead and eat in his. Uh, what do you, how many restaurants do you have now, Darren? Is it two? Uh, we've got three now. Oh, we three just opened uh, in September. We just. Opened a, a 10,000 square foot uh, restaurant, bar, banquet room, and patio. Wow. And plus, you have the catering too, right? Oh, yeah. Plus, we've got a huge catering business um, from time to time. It's actually our fourth restaurant. We, we opened up a, a little carryout when we first started three and a half years ago, and we, we actually just shut that carryout down and moved it up the street last September. All right. So, winning the uh, event in Arizona this past weekend obviously qualifies you to continue to move up and chase that. Uh, what is now elusive championship? Uh, you're going next stop to Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Here All right. We come. And when is that going to take place? Uh, the first weekend in May. All right. So just a uh, few short weeks from now. Um, how, how are you feeling going into that? Same thing. Are you? Is it a little bit more of a of like an adrenaline rush for you because it's maybe a little bit more important because you're now one step closer. To getting that trophy in check? Um, you know, I'm not sure it's so much of an adrenaline. We're just looking forward to going out and, and being able to cook and moving on to the next level. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of tough teams. We had a lot of tough teams that we competed against in Gilbert. You know, we had Harry Sue from Slap Your Daddy, Vince from Rhythm and Q is just out of this world good all the time. Yep. Um, Otis and the Bird, a lot of good teams out there um, on the West Coast. And you know, we're going to see a lot of those, McFrank and Boo and those, plus a lot of all the other things. I'm sure we're going to see our good friend from Rod Gray, you know, from Pellet Envy as he goes to Loveland, Colorado in a few weeks. Are you finding that the West Coast cookers are becoming, I don't want to see, I don't want to say better, but more recognized as far as how accomplished they're becoming in regards to competition, barbecue, are their flavor profiles becoming a little bit more accepted? Are you still West enough where that's going to be more the norm than the exception? Well, you know, what I found is, you know, it doesn't matter where we've cooked. I don't change a thing, no matter whether we're going into Florida, into Arizona, wherever, We've always said, you know, you good, good, consistent barbecue, and it tastes good. Now, I tell you, I've had I had some other 
uh, we had the people across from us were from left coast Q. And I tell you what, you talk about a rookie team out there that is going to win some money. They were just, uh, they brought me over their brisket and I tasted it and I said, it was just unbelievably the best brisket I had ever tasted in my life. Wow. Now, of course, you know how judging works. That was a 16th place brisket for them. And I was just <laughs> as disappointed as they were. Um, you know, but I think they are becoming the, the whole West coast, um, you know, there used to be two or three or four teams out there that, you know, consistently are at the top and still are. You're starting to see that spread out. In the Midwest, we're used to seeing 20 or 30 teams every single weekend that, you know, have a, a potential and have won multiple championships. So I think their level is coming up. You know, you said something that kind of strikes a little uh, chord with me. Not that I'm a competitor by any stretch of the imagination, but if people are bringing you over pieces of their turn-in barbecue and you think it's outstanding and you see it finish 16th, what does that say to the to the judging? Is there something wrong? Is there something flawed with the way the judging is going and how it is being evaluated? Or just this is just going to be what it is and you accept it and you move on? Well, you just, you really have to accept that and move on. I mean, theirs was a different type of barbecue. Uh, you know, I'm used to cooking a lot sweeter barbecue. Maybe that's why it was so good because it didn't taste like my barbecue. Um, but, you know, it was just, it was just different, but you got to just kind of let that slide. You know, when things happen and you get that last place finished, you don't change anything. You just kind of keep on cooking. Now, I think we are getting a lot more experienced judge out there. And we're starting to get a lot more judgmental judge out there where they're starting to look for, oh, well, they didn't put the money muscle in there, so I'm going to score that down. Or they didn't do this, so I'm going to score it down. I think we're starting to see a lot of that where instead of back to the rules of, hey, you judge what's presented of you. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that uh, definitely goes against exactly probably what you're taught when you first go into judging. Any way to, to get around that or to avoid that from happening? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think just KCBS, I think they just have to, when they get the judges in there, they kind of got to pound that in their head is, hey, you're going to judge what's put before you. Uh, we were going to take some chances out there. We had talked about uh, just turning in a whole total box of burn ends because our burn ends all the time just seem to be great. Sometimes the brisket slices aren't, and I sometimes worry that maybe the brisket box gets judged down because you know, the, the slices maybe aren't as good as the burn in. So we kind of went out to Arizona and said, wow, what if we do this? What if we put in a full box full of burn ends if they're just absolutely mouth-watering, tender, everything? Uh, we kind of chickened out the last minute and went ahead and put slices in the box. Is it because you, 